0: Welcome listeners To Time for an Awakening On Black Talk Radio Network New Media For the New Millennia This is a history and current events program From a cultural Perspective, we find this program necessary because Hosea four six states, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people can turn this around. Proverbs four seven states, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. With all that, get and get an understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. The number to reach us to join the conversation this evening is two one five-four nine zero nine eight. Three two, that's two and five four nine zero ninety eight thirty two. We're streaming live at several locations. You can go to timeforanawakening.com, dot com, which is the home page, and catch the live stream at that location. You can go to www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Again, that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening and catch the live stream there also. You can go to abib2me.com forward slash time for an awakening. That's A B I B I T U M I forward slash time for an awakening. Catch the live stream there, or you can download the TuneIn radio app to any of your devices. TuneIn is a free app, and in the TuneIn search engine, just type in "time for an awakening." There, you'll see the icon, and you can stream your program live, even into your car if you had the Bluetooth capabilities. For the auxiliary connection, again, it's time for an awakening radio program with the live stream on the tune in app. drop us an email at time for an awakening at gmail.com. Again, it's time for an awakening at gmail.com. Time for an awakening. I also has a fan page on Facebook in that Facebook search engine. Just type in time for an awakening radio program. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by myself or Brother Richard. And do me a favor, before you leave that page, just hit that like button. That's Time for an Awakening your program. With the fan page on Facebook and Time for an Awakening media is there. Always full of the latest podcasts of the various programs on Time for an Awakening media. Interesting articles that you can read, download at later times, and share with your friends. Also check out the Time for an Awakening marketplace in our partnership with the BB Toomey. Always interesting things in the marketplace all the time. Various African language classes, classes on education, economics, social systems, health, and much, much more being taught by professors on both the continent and in the diaspora. So again, make that one of your favorites. Put that in your address bar. That's dot com will take you straight to Time for An Awakening Media. It's uh, 710 here in the city of Philadelphia. Just uh, get started a few minutes late, but... Uh, No problem. Uh, Our special guest this evening that spent a little time with us to give us some updates on some uh, things that we had covered in past programs with him. Activist and black farmer uh, Brother Carlton Sanders is with us this evening to talk about a couple of things that uh, uh, should be of importance to the audience. Uh, One of the first ones we'll cover is a recap on the the lawsuit against Cook Foods uh, forcing African-American uh, chicken growers out of business and eventually off their land. And then we're going to transition into uh, talking about the uh, $4.5 billion lawsuit uh, uh, money that was supposed to be turned over to African-American farmers in relation to discrimination by the USDA. Uh, we're going to cover both of those with our guests this evening, and we'll do that after, <coughs> after we come back from a brief word from our sponsors.
1: Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and and our enemies. Everybody is here.
3: 5-8-8-5-2-4-4-4. That number is 215 885 All insurance incorporated.
0: with your host, Brother Elliot, Sundays, 7 p.m., Fridays at 8 p.m., for podcasting or live program scheduling. Hit us up at time for an awakening at gmail.com. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening at 716 here in the city of Philadelphia on the Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Before we get started with our program this evening, I want to welcome in my co-host, Philadelphia activist and tour guide at the African American Museum here in Philadelphia at 7th and Arch Street. Brother Richard is with us. Brother Richard, yes, sir. How are you, sir?
4: I'm alright. How are you doing? Everything's good. It looks like we're going to be having a very um, informative and and interesting uh, conversation dialogue in in relationship to the update around um, what's going on with um, one of the most critical elements in our you know our our our, our national formation, and that's with the black farmers. Uh, that's That'll be helpful.
0: Yeah. You know, to add to this discussion, I reached out to, uh, a couple of the heads of uh, the farmers organizations, John Boyd and uh, Tom Burrell. Um, I didn't hear from, uh, John Boyd, uh, Mr. Burrell, who's been on, uh, several times with us, uh, couldn't make it on this evening. And I reached out also to, uh, attorney Jillian Hitchell, who was on with us, uh, what about three months ago, Richard? Yeah. One of the black farmers attorneys. She couldn't be on tonight, but she did send uh, some information that I want to share, uh, with our listening audience and, uh, with our guest this evening, uh, who had been on several times with us before to talk about the, uh, lawsuit against cook foods and, uh, discrimination and uh, racism against black farmers, forcing them out of business off their lands. Um, and basically into bankruptcy, Um uh, Mr. Carlton Sanders is with us this evening, black farmer and activist. And, uh, activists. and uh, before we, uh, well, let me bring him on. Brother Carlton, how are you, sir? Can you hear me? Can you hear me?
8: I got you loud and clear.
0: Okay, you can. Oh, good. I just want to make sure. All right. You're there.
8: Yes sir. Good. I'm ready to
0: go. Uh listen, before we um <laughs> before we get started with an update on what has been going on with uh, with some of the farmers, we're going to tackle this two ways. We're going to get a recap on what has been going on in relation to uh, Cook Foods and what they've done to to African American chicken growers in the South. And then we're going to transition over to uh the money promised to African American farmers in this uh, latest uh, bill uh, uh, that Biden uh, the money that Biden supposedly allocated in the budget, and we'll we'll get to that first. I want to get an update on what has went on in relation to cooked foods. Before I, I turn it over to you, uh, uh, Brother Sanders, let me read this uh, uh, for immediate release from the Department of Justice. And this was back in Thursday, July the 29th of this year. Let me read this and then uh, I'll turn things right over to you. It says uh, for immediate release, four executives uh, charged with price fixing in an ongoing investigation into the chicken industry. A federal grand jury in Denver, Colorado, uh, returned an indictment yesterday charging Cook Foods, headquartered in Park Ridge, Illinois, for participating in a nationwide conspiracy uh, to uh, price fix and rig bids for chicken broilers, uh, chicken uh, products. Separately, a federal grand jury in Denver returned an indictment charging four executives for their roles in the same conspiracy. According to court documents, the four charged former Pilgrim's Pride executive, Jason McGuire, a former executive vice president of sales and prepared foods, Timothy Stiller, a former general manager of fresh food service and small bird, a D bone, Wesley Tucker, a former national account sale executive, Justin Gay, a former director of fresh food service sales. The indictment alleges that the defendants and co-conspirators conspired to suppress and eliminate competition for sales in chicken products, uh, which are chickens raised for human consumption and sold to grocers and restaurants. Uh, Cook's senior vice president uh, is among 10 individuals indicted in October 2020 for their roles in the conspiracy. On May 19th, a federal grand jury returned an indictment against Claxton Poultries for its role in the same conspiracy which today's indictment supersedes. Pilgrim's Pride, a major chicken grower uh, based in Greeley, Colorado, pleaded guilty and was sentenced in February of 2021 to pay criminal fines of $107 million for its role in conspiracy. The long-running conspiracy began as early as uh, 2012 and lasted to 2019. This is a statement from the Department of Justice. As today's charges show, the the division remains committed to upholding both individual and companies accountable if they choose profits over following the law, says uh, Assistant Attorney General Richard A. Powers of the Justice Antitrust Division. Our investigation into criminal price-fixing uh, of chickens continues and will not stop until we ensure that wrongdoers are held accountable and uh, is restored to this critical industry. Price fixing, bid, ridding, bid rigging, bid rigging—I'm sorry—and related activities harm consumers and our system of free market competition," says the Assistant Inspector General for Investigations in the U.S. Department of Commerce. Uh, Office of Inspector General, we remain committed to working with the Department of Justice and law enforcement partners to aggressively investigate, prosecute for corrupt behavior in order to protect the integrity of our nation's commerce. Now, the reason I read that, Mr. Sanders, is because uh, they went after these companies, including Cook Foods, Pilgrim's Pride, which are some of the largest, which are the largest chicken producers in this country, but the lawsuit of racism against black farmers and growers seems to be lingering on the vine. Talk about what has happened in relation to the uh, lawsuit against these same companies uh, uh, and dealing with our farmers.
8: Well, as a matter of fact, uh, you left out a couple, and probably more than that, Uh, Purdue, ConAgra, is Some of the main ones that were left out, uh, Pico and Tyson as well, they uh, was indicted as well. Uh, but the thing is, uh, they all doing the same thing. Every chicken company operates the same way. And they, uh, they got this system called a turnabout system, and that's how you get paid. Uh, you get your weight, uh, your feed conversion. It's called a settlement. Once you get your settlement, um, that's when they go to work. It's just like a corrupt teacher or teacher that don't like you. She can change your A to an F. Uh, that's how they do that. And they take money. Uh, thank God for people like you guys uh, and me my going to D.C. Uh, several times uh, that put this word out there, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do that in fear of re- retaliation because uh, these guys are just like a syndicate. Uh I'm going to just take a rough guess. They probably make 4 or $5 million per week. Uh, they be, Cook Food is building a state-of-the-art uh, facility down in Florida. Uh, I think it was $37 trillion. They're going to pay cash for it, and it's not even going to scratch it. Uh, they're going to come back and come to Morton, Mississippi, and do the same thing. Uh, they're making money by the bills, And what they pay you is so little, you can hardly afford a bologna sandwich. So, I had that figured and refigured by the USDA, the regional manager, and the North District manager. And what he did, uh, he deals with in scales and weights. And they got my uh, truck weights and numbers. And that's how they determined that the price fixing was taking place. This is not a joke, this is the truth. They went back and refigured it uh he uh he was trained by the usda how to figure weights and that he specialized in those weights and that's how i knew that he knew what he was talking about the most they took out of one of my paychecks was 1900 dollars. the least they took out was 1100 so all the years i've been working for them i've been working for a half price so to speak so uh that's in reference to what's going on um uh, with these chicken companies, and and, and like I said, what one does, all of them do it. But those trips I made to D.C., we wanted to stop them from paying the growers like that. It won't help me, but it'll help somebody because they've put me out of business.
9: Uh,
8: So they're trying to figure out a way to to stop them from cheating and and taking from the farmer. So they're getting over, and, and, and not only the poultry farmers are doing that, but cattle farmers have started doing it. And hog farmers as well, and turkey farmers. So farmers don't stand a chance now. It uh, you know we don't have any help, and if somebody don't help us, uh, I, I, it's gonna be a terrible situation for cattle farmers, pig farmers, and turkey farmers, and farmers in general. They they're they're, they're uh, taking weights and stealing from you, and uh, you know that just right in front of you. There ain't nothing you can do about it because. If if you say anything, they're gonna say you are a troublemaker. Uh, they they're gonna retaliate. So in, in fear of retaliation, people just don't say nothing. Just go ahead and say, hey, bring the next bunch of chickens or the next batch of chickens, and uh, or the same way with cattle. Just well, they took them from me. They, that's all you can hear. They took them from me. They just took my my weight. And that's how you get paid by the pound. So that's it.
0: The uh, now in in relation to. Um the men getting together and following suit about the script because the law, you know, when you lost the poultry business, that entailed you, or basically went hand in hand with your land, you lost your land and everything. And several of farmers was in the same situation. Uh, and, and I know that uh, uh, Mr. Ingram and others joined in with you, but some of the other farmers uh did they express to you why they didn't want to fight in reference to this? Because just like you just stated, you've already lost your land, but you're doing this to help other men that might fall into this same situation. Did any of the other men express why they didn't want to fight along with you?
8: They, they was afraid and fear of retaliation. Uh, I have three other brothers. Uh, they're, they're growing. they was growing for, uh, Pico foods out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And they instructed them to stay away from me, said I was a troublemaker, and uh said if you want to continue to do good, uh stay away from your brother. And now how are you gonna tell somebody to stay away from their brother and we brothers, but they didn't want uh, you know, them talking to me and vice versa. But uh you know, so now they have paid them out of their contracts and you know, they got the same thing going. So, like I said, you know, you just can't hardly find people to stand up to those guys. They're so big and so huge.
0: Now, when uh, let me get when you say fear of retaliation, (laughs) uh, you're not just talking about maybe they would lose their land or lose their business.
8: Well, that's the main two points right there: their land and their business. But uh, there have been cases where they uh, went further, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But uh, those are the main two items. Uh, losing your home and your your farm, and no one wants to lose none of those items.
0: Wow, uh, uh, Mister Sanders, what what has happened in relation to because last time we talked, you were still in the fight to try to um, not only get this information out, which you know myself and Richard and this program and the uh, Black Talk Radio Network tried to tried our best to get the information out. I reached out to uh, uh, to somebody I consider a mentor called Nelson and he had you on, uh, to get this information out. What has happened in relation to that? And did d- the department of justice, uh, d- d- issue any help? Did they sweep <laughs> things under the rug? What, what is going on? Let our people know what's happened.
8: Department of justice. Uh, I don't know how, how we could sit back and call it the department of justice. Uh, The USDA uh, was located out of Atlanta, Georgia, and the guy did a good job. Uh, He uh, wrote up the reports and all, uh, 1,600 pages. And out of those 1,600 pages, he covered everything. He didn't miss nothing. So once they found out that I was uh, in litigation, they sent agents down from D.C. to Atlanta and got all of my records and took them back to D.C., and they was locked and sealed down while President Trump was in office. Uh, And Cook was telling me and my attorneys that we didn't have a case, and and, and they were telling the judge to throw out everything. And so they went on along with that until uh, President Biden got elected. And once he got elected, uh, a lady named Amanda hit out of D.C. in the Maryland area, which they have a lot of attorneys there, he said, we're going to sue the USDA to get those records. And uh, that's what they did. And and just before they sued, they called and said, yeah, we'll release those records. And, and allow him to come to Mississippi and testify. So that's what happened. And once he came to Mississippi and, and he testified and told what had happened, uh, the Royal manager had called me the N-word. And he said that I didn't need no chicken houses from the start said, I need to be working for someone with chicken housing. And he said that he didn't see why that man was so concerned. He said why don't you go on back to the, uh Atlanta and, you know, bother somebody else Said we're doing fine. They let him lose. Who cares? So when he got in there and told that. to the uh,
0: Now, wait a minute. He take this conversation.
8: <laughs> he did, but now they had it. Uh, uh, taken care of uh, the department of justice, which they still do, but they let him come to. Uh, the cop firm in Jackson, Mississippi, and, and tell that. And so that's when they stopped talking about throwing out my case. Had it not been for that, it would have been thrown out. But
0: so, so the Department of, the of Justice was, was going to throw it out in the beginning?
8: Well, they, they seemed like to me they were working a deal with uh, the Cook Foods attorneys.
4: <laughs>
10: okay.
8: And the Cook Foods attorneys was uh, saying I didn't have no case against them. And when that happened, Uh, they stopped saying it, and they said, now we got to see what we got to come up with. So, man, I thank God that uh, uh, President Biden was in office. And, you know, I had another guy in in, in the uh, D.C. area, and and he he and I used to talk every day. And the Trump administration uh, stopped him from talking to me, and uh, he wouldn't answer my question, wouldn't answer the phone, wouldn't do nothing. So I just said, man. So when I came to D.C., I said, I'm going to look him up and I called him three or four times, he still wouldn't answer. And to this day, you know, he, he won't answer my, my calls or, or texts or nothing. And we was friends, man, just like that. But uh, that, that's how things operate. But now the Department of Justice needs overhauling from back to front. I mean, there's just so many and so much bad things going on up there. Uh, and I, I'm not the only one. I, I heard other guys, other attorneys calling me saying the same thing. And, uh, like I said, in North Carolina, uh, Senator Cory Booker's nephew, he was in the New Jersey area for all those years and he saved up a bunch of money and he wanted to come to North Carolina and be a farmer. So he built four turkey houses, brand new to their specs and everything. And, uh, he, they did him just like they did me. He called me crying almost. And some of the tobacco farmers, the uh, black, they shut them out and run them out of business. So, you know, we, we still got the good old boy thing going on. Uh, a lot of people don't believe it, but it's true.
0: Uh, w- one of the uh, our listeners put in the chat room under the BHO also. Please let him say it on the air. I don't know what the BHO is. Do you know what that is, Mr. Uh, Sanders? Is-
8: I don't. Uh, the only
0: Oh, he said Obama. I've- he said Obama. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think things was any different under Obama. In fact, you, uh, this this stuff came to light, uh, late in the Obama administration. Um, I I think what he's trying to say is I don't think this thing really, uh, has any bearing politically because this stuff has been going on. In fact, when we start reading about what's going on now, we can see that it really has no bearing politically necessarily to, uh, who's in office because i farmers are still facing this uh this discrimination and and uh white hegemony and white racism but uh richard jump in
4: well you know i was a couple of things that we always kind of always ask that is uh and i see that you're in jack one about the political what 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 has been the, the black political response to, to this event at any and and locally for you, um and say uh, nationally, um you know has there been any response that you can respond uh, that you have heard about what's going on with the this what is it turnabout system?
8: Uh, me and uh, Tyler Whitler in the group that we was in uh, with Raffi, uh, we're trying to get that taken care of and get it changed into a different system, just a uh, pay system. But the COVID thing came up. Uh, we was going to schedule a program with Lester Holt and the, the, the COVID came up and they, they said, that's the end of that. We can't fly and uh, can't, you know, talk and go on. But uh, we had all that taken care of and we were going, uh, all of us, they asked us, would be w- willing to do that? And I said, yes. And the other guy said yes. We had no one to say no out of 15 guys. And so all of us were going to get on. Uh, me, myself, uh, I did a couple of sh- uh, symposium with Yale University, uh, me and a Dr. Mitchell, Professor Mitchell, rather. And uh, I, I did uh, some in other areas. But, uh, you know, people didn't want to hear that and want to know what's been going on uh cuz most of them didn't believe that uh these type conditions existed but they do and just like you think no one was uh we've had advanced more than what we have uh as far as name calling so you know, like you know a lot of the white guys that I told what happened about calling me the n word they cried they said man we we don't want to hear that and so sorry that you 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 uh, had to go through that ordeal but uh, yes. Uh, no. So,
4: are you saying are you saying that that there is some response um, from um, um, black politicians that are in, say, Florida, um, Mississippi, and Alabama, around um, this particular um, issue itself, as far as it relates to poultry farmers, and in relationship to coming to you um, directly or through some you know, of their um, Representatives. Has anybody reached out to you?
8: Well, uh, like I said, uh, uh, Senator Booker's uh, nephew mm. uh, from North Carolina. Uh, he has, and and several others, uh, but uh, he, he was the main one uh, because he was uh, Corey Booker's nephew, Senator Corey Booker, and uh, he says whatever I say to him, he's going to take it right to Corey and uh, get it taken care of. Which I've called Senator Booker uh, while I was there in D.C. I got his card along with all of the other senators card. Uh, I might add uh senator from Alabama, uh, Doug Jones. He was so uh, nice and kind. And, you know, I hate he didn't get elected back, but, uh, you know, he was a, uh, a super guy. And he said he wasn't going to sit back and allow that to happen. And it is happening in Alabama as well. Because all I can hear now is in Birmingham, uh this and that and others. Uh, but it's happening in Alabama as well. So Mississippi is not the only one. It uh, uh, just happened to be that Mississippi had the most Black farmers that it was happening to.
4: And, and that was the, the other – other, um, and, and I'm I'm trying to state, you know, like um, you and Elliot said, we, we've been, um, you know, to the best of our ability trying to communicate. Um, about this. And I'm just um, wondering, trying to wonder how um, it's been to respond. Um, and and even though um, Cory Booker um, um, relations was aware of it, in, intimately aware, it seems like no one from Cory Booker's office has, um, if I'm not mistaken, really reached out to you. Um, the other thought came to me in relationship to something What is the uh, what's the response from white farmers in relationship to uh, the question I'm having is, does this affect them the same way that is affecting the black farmers, black poultry farmers or or not?
8: Yes, sir, it does. But, uh, you know, they go an extra mile for their their color. They don't uh, cut them off and shut them down as quickly they started out with me and John Ingham and those guys and Wesley Odom and uh, my brother. Uh, and once they got us, they got it weeded out because it wasn't that, you know, you can count the black farmers that uh, borrowed all this money from the start because, you know, you're not going to have no 20 or 30 black farmers to get this kind of money because we're talking $700,000 to a million. And uh, they, they don't loan that kind of money to a black guy. A white guy can get it at the pump of a whip, you know. But uh, there's difference. I went to a bank down in South Mississippi, and one of my white friends that recommended he said, "You go down there, you get anything you want." And so I <clears throat> I called them people on the phone, and when I got down there, they said, "We're looking for Mr. Sanders." I said, "I am Mr. Sanders," and she said, "No, I'm looking for Mr. Sanders." And I discovered then I said I kept standing and kept standing, she kept looking over my shoulder and behind me, and 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 I said uh, again, "I'm Mr. Sanders." I showed him my driver's license. She said, you got about 10 seconds to get out of here.
11: Now, where was I'm not that,
8: that again? That was, a, that was in a bank uh, before I got running out of business. And, uh, you know, and, one guy had told me
4: to go down
8: was, there So, I like, beg your pardon?
4: That was in Mississippi?
8: Uh, yes, yes, sir. No. Uh-huh. So, like I told you a moment ago, uh, the thing with the good old days are still happening. Uh, it's just not as bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm not making it up. Uh, you know, it's it just that, just that simple. But they've started doing the white guys now, and uh, like I told the senators and congressmen that that will listen, if if there's not some changes made, we ran out of chickens, uh, especially chicken wings, this summer, from the fourth of July on to about the thirtieth of August. Uh, there was a shortage of chicken wings in Forest, and <clears throat> we have like three plants in that, in that area. And you know good well, we shouldn't run out, but we did. But I told those guys, I said, if there's not some changes made, there's going to be a shortage of chicken. And I'm going to say it again with the pigs and hogs. If they don't stop curtailing and giving those guys a lot of trouble, they're going to do the same thing. And then beef, you know, it's going to, it's, it's going to be a problem trying to get it. Because producers, they're not stupid. If your cow weighs 500 pounds and you're getting paid 50 cents a pound, you, you know how much that is. And then when you get your paycheck and it's like $150, $200, you say, hey, what the rest of my money is? You know, ain't nobody stupid, you know. So that, that's how it is. But black folks, you know, they get, like I said a while ago, they get black chickens. And you say, well, what's a black chicken? That's the worst one in the bunch. The worst breeds. The worst everything. A uh, black man just have so much dilemma to, to deal with. You know what? He's behind from the from that from 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 the, from, from the uh, eight bone. You know he's he's behind. And so at his very best, you know he's gonna have to really really smoke to, to, to try to keep up with the white guys and and, and the competition out there.
4: My last question, Elliot, if you don't mind, it, it, how, since since this has all been going on, um, do you feel that the um, black community is more aware now, say than? Just using the last time you were, you know, with us and we were talking about this with all the different, um, what has come out in the news, um, of the indictments and, and why. Uh, is the black community around you, or, or do you think that they're more aware of the, this whole thing as it relates to the chicken, black chicken farmers and, and these companies?
8: Yes, sir. <clears throat> Again, as I stated earlier. I have four other brothers. They had farms too. And they were scared to come on the air. They were scared to talk. They were scared to be around me, you know, and, and they acted like I was poison or act, acted like I was nasty. And I told those guys, I said, man, we're brother. I'm not going to do anything, to try to hurt y'all. And they said, we making sure. Mm-hmm. They said, we know what we, we've been told. And I'm not kidding. They would see me coming, they'll go another way. And so I just stopped, you know, I said, because I see now they're scared and don't, don't want to lose their farm. So they were with Pico Farms, and Pico paid them out of the contract $100,000, each one of them. But now they could have kept going, but they would have had to come up with a half a million dollars. And they said, nope, they're not going to lose while they got a chance to pay off. They took that money and paid off their farms, and now they got public jobs working for these guys.
0: Mm. Mm. Uh, Well, I do... Richard, I Yeah, it's rough. yeah it's, rough. I, it's rough. Wow. I mean...
8: Well, at least know. they saved yeah. their farms. At least they saved their homes. So, you see what I'm saying? Oh, okay. yeah. Like I said, uh, now they said that they'll talk and they'll, they'll get on the radio, they'll do whatever's got to be done. But, like I said, back when they were growing, you know, they were running from me uh, every which way I went. I didn't get mad with them you know I, I just knew that they were trying they was in fear of, of retaliation of what was going to happen to them you know and that's hard for you to do your brother like that uh
0: but, you know we going we I, cause i want to transition over to what's going on now but before we do that uh mr sanders when you were first dealing with this problem and i remember you said before when you was on eric holder and and others came down to talk with you or you met with them uh did you say you did you meet with the holder and his representatives and all that uh that that was during the obama
8: administration exactly but
0: Uh, but it was it was promises uh, made to you then about rectifying this situation and the reason i'm mentioning that because holder was a part of the obama administration and so was the guy that's head of the USDA again, Vilsack. Now that's that's true. Um, when Vilsack was getting that job again uh, after Biden went in office, a lot of black farmer organizations and several black farmers that I've spoken to, and some of them named plaintiffs out of that Pickford versus Glickman lawsuit, was totally against uh, the. Black representatives being behind Vilsack getting that job back. Well, we could see how far that went because Vilsack is in that position again. But uh, you know, when you went to them and, and tried to get help, and it was promises made by Holder and others, and they basically left you holding the bag. What, 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 you know what, what was the, what was the feelings in relation to that? How did how did some of the men feel? Did they feel as though? Well, if we didn't get help from this administration, we're through. I mean, did they give up? I know some of the men gave up because it. Uh, I mean, you and and uh, Mr. Ingram and a few others are still fighting. But what was their feelings after um, nothing was done when that uh, when Obama administration was in?
8: Empty promises, empty promises. They they would promise you the world and give you nothing. I I, I never seen anything like it, and it seems now, uh, Senator. Uh, Raphael, Reverend Raphael Warnock, uh, uh, same thing. Senator Cory Booker, same thing. Elizabeth Warren, same thing. I could just go on and on and on. Uh, I don't know how Warnock and uh, those guys are going to have enough nerve to ask you to vote for them again when they promise you the world and don't do not do nothing. I mean, absolutely. Uh, let me just say this, and I won't say anything else about that. Uh, I call Warnock. I'm just going to try and see. And uh, he had gave me his email. And so I tried to answer, get his emails, and he wouldn't answer. So I said, well, i just call his uh, D.C. number. So I called the D.C. number. And his secretary answered the phone. And she said, who, who you want to speak to? I said, uh, Senator Warnock. And she said, uh, where are you calling from? I said, Mississippi. She said, what's your zip code? I told her, And she said, well, you need to be talking to Roger Wicker or, or Smith. I said, "Ma'am, I need help. I don't need nobody to hurt me. Good God! I, said, I may be from Mississippi, but I ain't stupid." And she got real quiet, and she said, "Just a moment." <laughs> but that's all. I told her, "I don't want nobody to hurt me. As if I wanted somebody to hurt me, I'd get Wicker and Hines uh, Smith. So that mm. that was that. So, like I said, I'm about done. Had enough of uh, being lied to.
0: Mm. You, um, let let me. <clears throat> before I get the and we'll really expand the discussion in relation to this uh, 4.5 billion dollars let me read uh, uh, this from this published report that was in the uh, fortune uh, uh, magazine uh, it says for more than a century the USDA discriminatory policies have been a fact of life for black farmers but they first came to national attention in 1997 after Timothy Pickford and 400 black farmers filed a class action lawsuit against the agency. Uh, the suit was known as Pickford versus Glickman, and charged the USDA with uh, the USDA with discrimination against black farmers when distributing loans, and also with failing to investigate complaints regarding this widespread bias. The government ultimately settled. Compensation for more more than 16,200 black farmers. Excuse me, let me read that again. The government ultimately settled, compensating more than 16,200 black farmers victimized by these racist practices. Only 371 farmers received debt relief. In 2010, the agency announced a second Pickford settlement of $1.25 which compensated additional farmers who had missed the original filing deadline. Altogether, the Pickford cases represents the largest discrimination settlement ever paid by the federal government. Now, when that was done, uh, Richard, I'm, I'm not even going to include Mr. Saunders in this because he knows from personal experience when that was done, Richard, that was supposed to close the door on discrimination practices by the USDA. When they paid out that largest settlement ever against this country for discrimination, that was supposed to be the end of it. But we see that it wasn't. And anybody with any sense knows the system we live under that it's not. Now let me read this. Congressional aid. I cut in just for a minute. Go ahead.
8: Uh I, like you said, I was well aware of that. And every time I file for that money, they would always say they're out of money. Uh there was a a 19-year-old high school white guy applied at the same time I did. And you know, it took me four years to get that money, to get that loan through. And that was with the USDA. And eventually I I just said, well, I'll just go to the bank and get it. And that's the reason why I lost everything because I was dealing with the bank. But that white guy had been growing chickens a year. And I was still trying. And here I am. You know, had good credit and this and that. And that. You know he didn't have good credit because he was just fresh out of high school. So see how much difference that was made. But in reference to all that, every time that foot and all those guys came out with a settlement, I would apply for it. But everybody else would get the money, and I didn't get nothing. Never have. Never will. Don't look like.
0: Well, listen, you were not alone, uh, uh, Mr. Sanders, because. I knew several farmers firsthand, and and several of the name plaintiffs from that pick for versus Glickman, that says that it was really about uh, the debt relief, as far as they was concerned. It wasn't about the fifty thousand dollars that a few farmers got. They said fifty thousand dollars don't even buy a tractor. It was about the debt relief that that the USA, the USDA was behind, forcing these guys off the land and things of that nature. But let me well, uh, like I said,
8: uh, go ahead. Like I said, I, I, I didn't get anything. Uh, if I would have got 20000 would have been a help or 10000 Uh But like I said, I didn't get nothing. And that, that's hurting for you to go apply for this. And I think you might get something. And next thing you know, hey, we're out of money. We just ran out when we got to you. It would be the same time. Same thing every time. We just ran out. So you get tired of applying for money, you know, just like now. Uh, they told me that I would be in the first 25 uh, of, percent of, of the black guys that are, uh, you know, be getting money. And like I said, I've been calling, calling, calling. I, ain't, I haven't received anything yet. And like I said, if I could have received 10 percent of, you know, would have helped me save my farm and my house. But I, I didn't get no help or nothing or nobody.
0: uh before we go to break i i wanna uh read the rest of this portion here um we're gonna transition into the second portion of our program and uh, open it up to some calls if they choose to ask questions to uh to our guests um i'm gonna finish up this this uh, this uh, published report uh congressional aid to black farmers that was authorized earlier this year in april as part of biden's one point Nine dollar coronavirus relief law is being challenged in court by white farmers preventing roughly five billion from reaching black farmers who are in desperate need of financial assistance in an effort to remedy the government's long history of discrimination against black farmers but shortly after the U.S. Department of Agriculture Farm Service Agency made preparations to send debt relief letters the two black farmers in May, the move was met with lawsuits from white farmers and groups who argued the eligibility requirements were discriminatory. Uh, a, ju- uh, a judge in Wisconsin granted a restraining order while Florida judge issued a preliminary injunction. U S Ditch- district court judge Marsha Morales uh, issued the Florida based ruling against the debt relief program. These two actions left the aid in limbo as litigation plays out. Uh, In some ways, a holdup of aid in 2021 for black farmers is an extension of decades-long struggle to receive fair share of federal farm subsidies. For example, the first months of the pandemic saw the Trump administration launch the coronavirus food assistance program through the USDA. In total, $9.2 billion was distributed to white farmers, receiving over 95% of the aid. Similarly, when Trump's uh, White House subsidized U.S. farm losses in 2018 due to the U.S. trade war with China, white farmers received 99% of what amounted to billions in aid. The lack of sufficient government assistance combined with discriminatory practices of the 20th century have contributed to dwindling numbers of black farmers in in the United States. So we can see that, uh, the, the $1.2 billion settlement, in 2010, uh, the settlement before that, uh, th- this money that's supposed to be allocated, we are still dealing with the same thing from his white support well, society.
8: Let me, let, me, let me stop you right there. Go ahead the white farmer the, the white farmer got their money uh when trump put that money out there the white farmer got like 350,000 dollars apiece. Mm. but when the when when it was time for the black farmers to start getting it i think he cut it down to $20,800 from, from
0: 350 to 20 from 350 to 20,800 <laughs> oh <laughs> wow before we take a break uh, I want to read this uh because uh attorney Jillian Hishaw who was on with us before one of the uh return attorneys that represent uh African American farmers uh she couldn't be on with us this evening but she did want to send me an update to read uh to the listening audience if anybody remembers when she was on with us before let me share uh with you this Richard and uh and uh, uh Mr. Sanders um Due to the preliminary injunction issued at the end of June, uh, beginning of July, the money is still held up. Congress met two weeks ago and said that they are now considering reducing the amount of relief and changing the eligibility uh, uh, criteria, allowing white women to benefit from the program, defeating the purpose of the program. Also, there is now 12 cases. That had been filed by white farmers claiming reverse discrimination because of the debt relief money supposedly going to black farmers. The Biden uh, DOJ also did not file an appeal in response to the initial cases filed in the spring that led to the injunction, which again are holding up the money. The Department of Justice had 60 days to respond and did do and did not do anything. Hope this helps. Uh due to the uh turnaround tonight I'm not available to be on. Thanks, Attorney Julian Henshaw. But uh I know you heard that. Let me uh uh reiterate two points in this letter. I mean in the in the information that she sent. That since then, because uh Richard And, uh, uh, Mr. Sanders, we were familiar with the two lawsuits that was blocking the money. Attorney Hishaw says that also there are now 12 cases that have been filed by white farmers claiming reverse discrimination because of debt relief money going to black farmers only. And she said the Biden, uh, department of justice also did not uh, file an appeal in response to the initial cases. They had 60 days to do it and did nothing. That's what she said. See, that's why I'm saying, you know, you got uh, two so-called plantation masters. One is a little nicer than the other, but they're still plantation masters. Now, this Biden administration had, uh, according to Attorney Hishaw, has 60 days to file an appeal based on those white farmers that blocked that money and they did nothing. So it says here that Congress is meeting or did meet two weeks ago. which again, our representatives that supposedly represent black folks told us nothing. Now this is what she says. Congress met two weeks ago and they are now considering reducing the amount of relief. Changing the eligibility to allow white women to benefit from the program, defeating the purpose of the program. You hear that, Richard? Yeah. This is what your representatives are doing. So when Mr. Sanders tries to reach out to these people, whether it's Warnock, Booker, and they give him the around and, and to tell him to contact other people, when some of them went in office claiming that they was going to do something about this, we see what's going on it's important to me to point out the contradictions because these people are not helping they their hindrance. Before we take a break, Mr. Sanders, you have anything to say in reference to what the attorney uh the message that she sent?
8: Well, just like you said, uh, I had a lot of faith and trust in, in Senator Cory Booker, uh, along with Reverend Warnock because, you know, he's a Reverend as well. Uh, but he hasn't done nothing. Uh, Senator Booker, he has made promises that sound good, but uh, nothing. Uh, good God. He, he, said, he told me him, himself that he had an agricultural uh, uh, team, and he was going to put his team on that ordeal with the money. And he hasn't did nothing.
0: Now, wait a minute. You I met with him?
8: No, no. I talked with him on the phone. Okay. And he said he was going to put his agriculture team on that problem. Because I told him, I'm tired of messing around. I'm tired of being used. And I said, I'm hurt. And I lost everything. And I said, well, you don't want to mess with a guy when he done lost everything. I said, hey, that's not good. So I told him, I said, don't come up here with no empty promises. Let's get this thing taken care of. He assured me that he was going to get results. But no calls, no nothing. And, and when I called the line, it did something. And, and like I said, it, it, it don't look good. Uh, uh Senator Warnock got Herschel Walker running against him. So he's going to be uh, a one-year term guy. Herschel Walker going to beat him because <clears throat> he got now, a lot now, of white people.
0: Oh, go ahead. Say back. that. Go ahead.
8: Uh, he has a lot of white people. Him. Uh, you know, so that's, like I said, he, he, he going to be back in D.C. again. This is going to be his final term, his first and last. So, um, you know, because he ain't doing nothing no way. I mean, I'm just saying like it is.
0: We're going to take a brief break. And when we come back. Uh, we'll go to the phones if anybody have any questions for our guests. And uh, you can do that by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Our guest this evening is farmer and activist, Mr. Carlton Sanders. We'll be right back.
3: 5-8-8-5-2-4-4-4. That number is 215 885 2444. 215 885
6: All Insurance Incorporated. I transformed a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven figure high end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one of the tangible transformations I've created for entrepreneurs in various industries around the country. If this isn't what you think of when you think of accounting and business consulting, then get ready to take down this invaluable information. Are you an entrepreneur suffering with a stagnating company? Have headache customer staff, or vendors? Are you rebounding from a loss and need help achieving your unrealized potential? Or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? Hi, my name is Nataki Kanban. If you're ready to go beyond advising and coaching and get results, then call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions recommend and implement the best comprehensive sales, administrative human resources, accounting, and operations to help you grow into your vision for yourself and your company. Again, from anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072 or pull us up on your device right now and book your free consultation at www.NewBusinessSolutions.com. And just mention you heard this special announcement on Time for an Awakening.
5: RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. For 12
2: years, I and others like me have held out radiant promises of progress I had preached to them about my dream. I had lectured to them about the not-too-distant day when they would have freedom all here and now. I had urged them to have faith in America and in white society. Their hopes had soared. They were now booing me because they felt that we were unable to deliver on our promises. They were booing because we had urged them to have faith In people who had too often proved to be unfaithful, they were now hostile because they were watching the dream that they had so readily accepted turn into a frustrating nightmare. And so the collision course is set.
1: the desegregation decisions and other type of legislation and Supreme Court decisions depends upon changing the white man's mind. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches uh, us that our own mind has to be changed. We have to change our uh, mind about ourselves. In what way? Well, so he teaches us the importance of moral reformation, uh, a knowledge of self. And uh, for instance, the average so-called Negro, he doesn't think that he can uh, go into business and provide jobs for himself. And because of this, he thinks that he can only get a job from the white man, or he can only get clothes from the white man, or he can only get food from the white man. And we who follow the Honorable Elijah Muhammad are taught that uh, the same thing that the white man has done for himself and his kind uh, if our people could uh, be uh, wrecked, if they could if we could be cured of our slave mentality that was uh, indoctrinated into us during slavery we would realize that just as the white man can do these things for himself and his kind we can get together in unity and harmony and do the same thing for ourselves and our kind
13: not wondering at all about them. What you- I'm concerned with the suffering and the pain of the masses of black people. No one wants to pay reparations. The Jews received over $100 billion in reparations and gets $4 billion annually. A Holocaust museum was set up for them on this soil for over $200 million, and they get $221 million annually just for operating expenses. But the Catholic Church, the Pope, the Jews, the Arabs, white people in general, no one wants to pay reparations to these, the sons and daughters of Africa. So I speak to them. I don't speak speak to them. I don't speak to the family of those two Jews. There are too, too many of us for me to speak to them.
14: And one of the reasons why I'm always happy to come to this organization because you're the only one, you're the only black organization, again, that understands to put race first. Race first. Race first. And I've had some white folks to tell me that I was a flaming militant, a radical, or whatever all of these names were that they called me. And I said that I am very pleased that you've called me a nationalist because you could have said that I was a member of the NAACP of the Urban League. So I said I'm very pleased of the names that you have given but I say that because we put race first, something is wrong with us. But everybody else puts their own first because God blessed the child who has his own. And so I think that race first is very important. And though we meet in a different venue, we're not at the slave theater, we're not at the church, we're now at the Masonic Temple. It really does not matter where we are physically. It matters where we are in our minds. And wherever we meet, as long as we know that we're Africans and as long as we know that we're black people living here in America... We know exactly who we are. You notice you can put an Uncle Tom in any venue in the White House. You can even put him in his. He's going to still be a Tom. You can put him anywhere you want. Well, it's the same thing with us who are strong people. Wherever we are, we're going to be the people that we need to be.
15: encouraged, let me just say this before our time winds up. And that is I want the people in the audience to go back and look at the video clip from Roots. It's entitled something like Breaking Kunta Kente. That scene opens with Lorne Green uh, sitting in who's the plantation master sitting in his office and then Fiddler comes in and says um, uh, we don't want to be too hard on the runaway. Kunta Kente has just run away and been caught and um, so the time comes for him to get his lashing." And if you look at this scene, it's about nine minutes, and study the scene. Study the role of everybody or bodies that are in this particular clip. And you will find that there is an equivalent role in the the political life of our country today, whether it's on the national level or on the local level. There's the black man who actually does the whipping of Kunta Kinte. There's the white man who does the whipping. There's the black man who intervenes with the boss man and tries to save the life of Kunta Kinte, there's Kunta himself, who eventually is forced to admit that his name is Toby, and there's a there's dozens of bystanders, black, who are watching. This this is a very powerful scene, and it's an analogy of exactly what is happening in our community today let's give those characters names in our community and call them what they are and then take care of business about that
0: Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's 816 here on the Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening, <clears throat> and you can get involved in the conversation with him while he's here, is uh, activist and black farmer Carlton Sanders. Uh, Mr. Sanders was on the program before on several occasions. Give us an update on what has been going on in relation to the lawsuit against Cook Foods. Uh, Farmers being forced out of the chicken growing industry and forced off their land. Some of them lost their farms and everything else. And also we're dealing with the uh, 4 dollars or cl- close to $5 billion uh, money that's been tied up in lawsuits that were supposed to be issued to African-American farmers for debt relief and past discrimination by USDA. This seems to go on every. 10 years, a couple of years, they're paying for discrimination, and, and, and then it keeps on. So uh, uh, we'll uh, get uh, folks involved in the conversation if they choose to talk to our I guess. Let's go to Four oh four. Hey, peace and blessings,
16: Richard, and, and uh, Mr. Sanders. I hope you can hear me, man. That's not my, uh, I don't have no interference. That's not on my line. Hey. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, they they, 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 they probably jamming the call, man. These devils. But uh, number one, that's the Coke brothers, man. They, they, that's the Coke brothers, them, them devils. Okay, to Mr. Sanders, I knew uh wal- Walnut was foul, man. Because when I talked to him uh ten years ago by Troy Davis. Okay, and uh my my question is, only person to save us is us. Uh, 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 did you talk to Bennett Thompson? he, y'all, uh, come from Mississippi? Okay, before you answer that, can't your farmers all start, uh, a consortium? And when we get, you, you sell directly to the people, wholesale or retail to the people. And then, at, at this time, we just don't buy no Coke, other no food, man. And I see they trucks running all up and down the interstate. And, uh, we got a lot of interference, man. Yeah, w- w-
0: wait a minute. Hold on, on a second. You on Hold on a second, because you asked a question. I think that's uh, Mr. Sanders' line. Mr. Sanders, I think you might have your speaker up in the background.
8: No, no, I, everything is quiet.
0: Okay. All right. Did you hear his question? Uh, I think he had, had a question about Thompson. I did. Bennett. Okay. Uh, and I okay, think Bennett, Bennett. Go ahead.
8: Bennett Thompson, is, uh, he's not in my district. It's uh, the uh, the, uh, the white gentleman, but Jim Bennett is – you got the north district but uh i said the next time i come to dc i was going to make it personal to, to see benny thompson he does a good job and uh he reaches out and try to help but uh ben is not in my district unfortunately but uh that that was my next move you know to talk with benny thompson and uh you know that that's how it is but uh like i said benny does a good job and i'm proud of him
0: let me uh see, uh, see if um uh... Your brother Wesley, you had another question.
8: Yeah,
16: yeah. What I'm saying is, man, the only person who's gonna save us is us. So Kate and the farmers can all get together, start a confederation or something, and sell direct to our people, man. Okay, we got to bypass them. We start selling directly to our folk, man. And we'll 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 buy. It. I'm quite sure we'll buy it. And uh and then we'll boycott them damn Coke brothers, man. They filed, that's the Coke brothers not no cock. They the Coke brothers that ran that that uh that, uh Alex uh, what you call that? Alec Alex stuff. Them the Coke brothers man. They tie them up. Man. That's why this country is burning on one side and flooded on the other side. And uh damn this government, man, it's shut down anyway, my brother. Just stay strong and y'all come together, man, and start selling uh, uh to the people, directly to the people, man. That's how you do it.
0: Thanks for your contribution, brother. Yeah. Let's go to uh uh Apex, North Carolina, Qu- uh Quasi. Please, please. No, no, no. Can you hear me? Oh, 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 oh,
10: oh.
0: I'm yes, your line is open, Quasi. Oh I... let's go to Oberlin, Ohio, It's uh, Sean. Sean, question or comment for our guest? No, I'm just listening. I'm just listening. Good. Okay, let's go to do, 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 do. let's go to six seven Love for the
15: call. Six seven eight.
0: Let's put them on hold. Let's go to seven one eight New York City. Seven one eight. Seven one eight. Yes.
9: How you doing, brother, uh, brother Elliot, Brother Richard, and Mr. Sanders? This is Brother Maurice from New York City. Hey, how are you, sir? I'm Thanks, doing sir. good. I'm doing good. Um, you, you know, um, I don't know if the audience knows that me and uh, Brother Elliot have is, is, is been involved in this fight for black farmers for 20-something years right now. And I can talk to you about cases with Willie Adams down in Georgia or um, – Cases dealing, a case, uh, dealing out there in Kentucky with Harry T. Young. And the thing that I found so frustrating, and it, and it makes me shake with anger as I listen, listen to Mr. Sanders, is, you know, how silent we are as black people on this particular issue. I'll just tell you this. With the Willie Adams situation down in Georgia, I reached out to black people down there that had money, well-known rich black people or whatever, to help us try to save his farm. And these Negroes had the nerve to say to me, uh, "What kind of return are we going to get back on our money?" Mm-hmm. and I don't need to tell you what the outcome is. the outcome was in terms of what happened with the with the farm that it was in his family coming coming out of uh, being enslaved so these type of things make me so angry, but i was, i i don't give up I haven't lost hope, and I don't want Mr. Sanders to lose hope. I want these Negroes that are running around and complaining about singing either the Black National Anthem, start talking about Black people and what we need to be doing for each other. I'm tired of listening to President Biden, who's trying to make himself into the next Abraham Lincoln, but we need him to be John Brown. We need somebody that's willing to go to the map for us. But Mr. Sanders, I will say to your brother, you know, um, stay strong. Let us know how you're doing on a consistent basis. And I'm going to tell you something. I've been fighting with you and for you. Elliot can tell you for the longest time we have not give, given up. And so I want to commend Brother Elliot and Brother Richard for the work that you're doing and stuff. And I want you to stay strong. Put me back on hold, Elliot. This is the only way I can listen because they're blocking me from listening on, on on other ways. I don't know how they're doing it. But you can put me back on hold and stuff as I still want to listen to the program.
0: I'll do that. Thanks for your contribution, brother. I'll be in touch.
4: Have to say Go ahead, Richard. This, this point comes to me, and and Mr. Sanders, you know, as um lately, you know, I've been hearing a lot around um people pushing for reparations, which I say is repair. And one thing that uh, you know, as I hear you, Mr. Sanders, in this, these cases, Elliot that's being brought up, and 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 how long they, they've been stimulating in the public uh, arena. Is one thing I noticed that I haven't seen any of these new formations around reparations um, use this this egregious uh, situation, um, which is another good example of why repair reparations. I never hear them using these examples in their um, propaganda. And it just uh, that bothers me. you
0: talking and, about with the farmers, Richard?
4: Yeah, using the farm... Yes, using this situation. I mean, what other way to show that this is? I mean, this is historical. You look at the number of farms we have had, and the numbers of farms, and, and and excuse me, using the language we, but you know, um, it, the, the 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 number of the farmer, the land that we had, and it's still here now, um, it's gone beyond being sharecroppers. If I understand what you're saying, Mr. Sanders, but it's not used as an example of why reparations is due. That debt relief is I mean it's not reparations, it's really what is really is just based off of this kind of capitalist system. But I hear them I never hear them using this as an example. What would be the purpose of it? It's a good it's good public relations and relationship for the black farmers who are going through this. It's a good political organizing tool to be able to educate other black people, not only about reparations, but what the condition that this, you know, you're telling the Department of Justice, um, black politicians, even the lack of response within our communities of what is happening to black farmers. And I don't hear it. So I just had to get that out of my mind because I hear so many other things that are being used. And this seems to be another one of those great things that we need to be advocating for, um, not just repair, but um, a new form of relationship, the power relationship we have with this government that we don't have, if we can look at this and and really see what's happening to men and women that are losing their livelihood uh, right in front of our face. I had to say that, I apologize.
8: Well, I wanna answer that question to that first scholar. Uh, He said that we should sell to each other. Uh, We don't have a plant to process these chickens. We don't have a feed mill to feed those chickens. We don't have a hatchery to hash those chickens out we don't have no hens to lay those eggs so therefore we got to take whatever we get i mean that's the bottom line i mean we can stick together all we want but we don't have none of that all that comes from the white guy and uh you know we got to go along to get along so to speak and if you started uh standing up to them they're gonna say hey you know this guy's no good and he's a troublemaker let's uh a way to get rid of him and they believe me they will so it's best to keep your mouth shut and just go ahead on and uh go along to get along so that's what i wanted to say to that first caller
0: well I, i'm glad in your case you didn't keep your mouth shut <laughs> Mr. Sanders, you was out there and, uh, and you're still out there um listen i <laughs> I think that's part of the issue and the problem that it's too many of our people that keep their mouth shut. It's too many of them, even on the other well, levels, think- e- even on the levels that Richard is talking about, because this should be part of the conversation. When our people talk about reparations, it's one of two reasons why it's not either. our People don't know about what's going on with black farmers, and it's it's a segment of our people that are ignorant of what's going on. And when I say ignorant, I'm not talking about stupid ignorant. I'm talking about ignorant without knowledge of it. But then you have other people that know clearly what's going on, and they decide not to talk about it, almost in the vein of what you talked about earlier, Mr. Saunders, because they feel as though they might lose whatever it is that they have.
8: That's true. Now, just like a while back, uh, there was a caller that mentioned uh, uh, why in the world uh, is cooked food the number one producer in Africa, Kenya? And uh, someone asked me if they knew that they cut off all the black grill would they still buy chicken? I said, yes, they would, because, you know, they're getting a finished product. And the only thing that they're concerned with is, you know, they don't have to run it down. It's already finished. And ice down all they got to do is thaw it out and 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 process it you know i mean fry it so no they they, they really don't care uh and, and and like you said other black people uh this chicken thing uh it's 10 farmers in the whole of scott county maybe 10 you know in the state of mississippi so you can count them on your hand i mean ten, not that many of us
0: 10 black growers then, left
8: like, that's it but the, like the bean farmers you may have 20 or 30 of those in the whole state uh so you know we're behind the eight ball in all of these areas so you know they so they don't take from you because they know that you ain't got no no rights or nothing to say so that's how that is i mean it it don't sound right but that's just how it is like Mm -hmm. i said we ain't got no feed mill we don't you know we ain't got no feed uh don't got a processing plant. Yeah, you know, no hens, no eggs, and all that. You got to have all that to make this thing work. So you got to go along to get along and take what they say. Uh, the reason why I was so angry, I lost everything. And uh, you, know, you want to make some guy mad, you know, put him out of his home, and that's that's what happened to me. I got put out, and I don't like that, and still don't like it. So. Yes, sir. I'm gonna tell it. I don't care if they don't
0: like it or not. We did that. We have to do the next best thing. Mr. Saunders, I'm gonna be in touch with you to get updates on this situation. Uh, your situation is not, and, and you know, it kind of goes to what Richard is saying because the last time we had, and I'll just use him as an example, the last time we had Mr. Burrell on here, he was talking about the lawsuit that. African-American farmers had against Stein Seed, which is one of the largest seed producers in this country, providing or selling fake seed to black farmers. So when they when it's time for their crops to be harvested, uh, over half of it is no good. And they had a lawsuit in against them with proof of what they were talking about because they went to one of the colleges, Richard, I forgot which one, and had the seed analyzed. You remember, Richard? Oh. Mississippi State. So, yeah. you know, you've
8: Mississippi, got, Mississippi
0: State. You, right. you got uh, I mean, you got what you're dealing with about the chicken growers being forced out. You said it's going on in other uh, industries, whether it's uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, cattle or, 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 or pigs or whatever. And and even it, when you're talking about uh, uh, producing uh, uh, vegetables and, and, and things of that nature, it's going on with this Stein seed. So we, we, I mean, it's a loaded gun pointed at black folks and we have to come up with ways to fight this. We can't give up and it's ways to fight it. Whether it comes to the point where our people got to leave chickens alone and stop eating them and make these people feel the pinch because believe me, they, our people like chicken. I like a piece of chicken sometimes, but you see when they market in these chickens, they always marketing it to black people. It's a black singing the jingle. It's all of a sudden, get, get your chicken from Popeye's and all kind of old, you know, with racist overtones. They're marketing these things to black people. And if black people stop buying these damn chickens from Cook and these other ones, maybe they'll feel the pinch. And then we can start doing other things with the money we save.
8: I hate to say it, but they ain't going to do it. You can eat chicken three times a day. You If you eat beef, you're gonna be doing good because it's so expensive but see that chicken it ain't that cheap but it's cheaper than anything else on the market and the uh uh pork you know black people have lots of high blood pressure because that's what they were raised on pork yeah but uh so you 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 you, you, you ain't no way you can kick that chicken to the curb uh i had chicken today and tomorrow <laughs> i probably have chicken. so that, that's how i'm serious and uh i know what you i you know, know what you're saying and I didn't the mean to keep it out there. So, and you know, like I say, you want you want to run your blood pressure, your sugar up, and, and those type things. So, uh, you know, therefore, you you got to deal with something that's going to keep you kind of kicking.
4: But one of the most uh, one of the um, uh, um, powerful things you said in relationship to um, laying out the question that was asked about doing for ourselves. I mean, you're you laid out all the pieces that are necessary. In order for us to be able to have the structure, so that um, men like yourself wouldn't wouldn't have to be deal, would be more competition, which meant you know, and those are critical pieces. And and I wish I I I knew I, I knew them as you just laid down because a lot of I think a lot of times we don't understand that economics, the economy that is nece- the infrastructure is necessary in order to be able to do this. What leaves us to be just workers and it's intentional. And they know if they were to provide debt relief, I mean, these were banks that are falling through. These are other white farmers that are in better position. They know if you got debt relief, that you know the system that you need to have in place in order to be able to produce and, and and. the chicken from start to finish. And they know that it ain't no difficulty for putting those things in place once you have the capital, once you have the resources. And this is a way to starve it off. Yes. I mean, it's, 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 and it's not no new tactic. It's, and that's what's so, so hoping as I'm listening um, to this. And I'm hoping to the top awakening audience um, that we implement enough to be politicized enough to not do what our sister cynthia was saying just stand, stand the on,
0: on the sideline i know it mr sanders i want to thank you for being with us this evening and you know i'll be in touch with you and, and, and stay in touch okay
8: okay oh. thanks again and uh you guys uh be safe and uh have a good night hey thanks mr again. sanders
0: before you leave let me take, because i'm i'm i, th- I think when the time we have left richard i want to revisit that again you said that cook foods they're the largest uh producers of chicken in kenya
8: yes sir what
0: Africa. other what other african countries do you are you aware of that they are uh i
8: don't exactly know but i i know that uh you know kenya is their largest producer uh consumer that rather that they sell
4: the largest right, consumer,
0: right. okay, That's on the right. continent, right? Okay,
8: uh huh. Right. We'll talk he, soon. He, uh, Go ahead. China, uh, you know, when Donald Trump president, he, he he didn't get along with China, so China was angry at us all the time, and uh, now that Biden is in there, uh, we getting along, and they've started back supplying chicken to China, uh, Iran, Iraq, those those places, uh, they do a lot of business. Uh, and uh, like I said, Donald Trump had that shit out. So Biden, he, he has helped farmers a little. I don't know about all that other stuff. And see, Kamala Harris, she plays a part in that too, the vice president. So, uh, like I said, uh, I know everyone's angry right now at what's going on, but uh, <laughs> at least the chickens, uh, they got them selling back in China, and they're buying farmers. And I understand in uh, January, they're going to triple the amount of chicken. So... They're gonna need some 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 farmers, uh, you know. That's just it. Uh, and you said that cook- <laughs> is a cook up. They're
4: building a new plant in Florida. Is that a plant
8: building the state? A state of the art. Uh, I think it costs thirty trillion or something like that. But they're but- gonna pay for a cat, and then they're gonna come back in Morton, Mississippi, and do the same thing. So, like I said, they make like maybe two, two, uh, two trillion a week on mm-hmm. chickens course the the overhead is kind of high uh i used to make feed and some of that feed because eight ten ten thousand dollar pallet eight to ten thousand dollar pallet and uh you know they're just one ingredient uh the brawler vitamins coban those two uh, um eight and ten thousand dollar pellet uh 40 years ago so i'm pretty sure it's eighty thousand dollars now if not more and that's 40 by 40 40 stacks uh you know then on each side, and then forward across the mill. So you know that's that's uh that's a lot, and that just too. The salt gonna be the cheapest uh item that goes in the, in, in the feed making. And as I stated earlier, you know we don't have a feed mill, black folks. We don't have a processing plant. We don't have hens or eggs, uh, none none of that. So you know we just falling in the wind, trying to stray off by ourselves. Then when you if you did manage to get that, you got to get them processed and caught and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, that's that's, that's a lot of stuff you got going there. Mm. So you got to kind of take what those guys do.
0: We'll be in touch, sir.
8: Thanks. You guys have a good night.
0: Talk to you yeah. soon. Right. We're going open for the rest of the way. Uh, you can join the conversation for the time we have left by Don, 215 490 9832 Richard, I want to touch on something that he stated. Uh, When we come back, Mm. we'll be right back.
5: RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter. Serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837.
11: Escape the digital plantation. Abib2Me.com, abib 2 mestore are here for you. You are ready to be free to join your global commit to you black family. To join your interconnected commit to you black communities. Escape the digital plantation now. IBB2Me.com. ibb metv We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation.
17: This problem needs to be solved and we can't keep relegating it to generation after generation because a few of us got a little money, a few of us got positions, a few of us have wealth while the masses of our people are going steadily down. No one man can rise above the condition of his people. See? brother said, responsibility. Is it it that we should let them take responsibility to do for us or should we pool the knowledge that's at the table, the power that's in our community, the wealth that's in our community to change the harsh reality of black life in America. We have to do the job of fulfilling the black agenda thank you
18: have a message to the black man because the black man today is a man who has been made now almost into a laughing stock nobody takes the black man serious we are just used to be somebody's tool we are the sportsmen we are the singers and the dancers and we're also labeled as the pimps and the criminals and the drug dealers and the killers and the vagabonds of society. We're the bogeymen of British society and other Western systems. And we want to dispel that lie and destroy those myths and put the black man back on the map where we belong. Who is the black man? The black man is the original man. If it wasn't for the black man, no other men could be on this planet. We are the fathers of humanity. We gave birth to all of you.
13: We are the watchmen on the wall. You are too. You watch with a political eye. We watch from a spiritual eye, but we're supposed to be the watchmen for the people that vote for us. The sad thing is the people vote but they don't give you the money to run your campaigns. So here come big business How are you? How are you, Judge? How are you, (laughs) Alderman? How are you, Congressman? How are you? How are you, Reverend? (laughs) What can I do for you today, Reverend? You can't do nothing for me. See, that's what we got to be careful of. We got to be careful of who we bow down to. You see, when you get in your congregation and you talk this Jesus, this powerful Jesus, that's sitting at the right hand of the Father with all power in his hand, then you go with your hat in your hand uh-huh. to the governor, to the mayor, to the president, begging for some crumbs. You have sold your God cheap. And you make the white man downtown disrespect all of us yeah.
12: time for an awakening is a proud part of the black talk radio network the number one independent black digital
0: and podcasting platform. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. I want to thank our uh, guest that was with us. Spend some time. Give us a little recap on some information that was shared earlier on the program, on other past programs. Uh, black farming and activists, activists uh, Mr. Carlton Sanders, uh, if you didn't catch all of what he was talking about, you'd be able to pick it up on uh, on the podcast once it's up. Richard, Yes, yes. Um, We got a a caller or two that didn't make it in when he was on, and I'll get to them. But first I want to say something in reference to what he said before he left. When he said that cooked Foods is the largest exporter, their largest export outside of the United States is Kenya, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Kenya has a population of 53 million folks. And that's almost one quarter of this whole country's population. I think this population is three hundred million or something like that. Um, but no, I did my figures is wrong, but it doesn't matter. Fifty three million is a lot of people. Oh, yeah, this is what I want to say in reference to that. And I'm gonna just read this little brief thing because it came out in August. Published report. Biden administration launches an initiative to build U.S.-Africa trade. And on the front of the image, it has uh, this wine company located in South Africa, Steinberg Vineyards. And if you look them up, uh, they've been in existence for quite a while down there in South Africa. And, you know, it came mm-hmm. from stolen land. But the reason now... This then it shows a white woman uh, filling up her glass from this decanter or whatever. And it mentions them in this article. Now let me read a couple paragraphs. It said the the administration of the U S president Joe Biden has kicked off the prosper Africa build together initiative by requesting 80 million from Congress to build trade and investment between us and Africa. Uh, Dana Banks, U.S. Senior Director for Africa at the National Security Council, said Wednesday in an online news briefing that the U.S. is ready to do business with the continent. <clears throat> this is not the first time the U.S. government has engaged in Africa trade. In 2000, Bill Clinton signed an Africa Grow and Opportunities Act. The deal provided African countries with unilateral duty-free exports for 6500 products in the U S the Africa grow and opportunities act still exists and extends until 2025 according to the Brookings Institute South Africa got a uh, nine nine hundred and seventeen million in 2019 by exporting agricultural products to the U S in separate studies done by the University of South Africa in 2017 found that U S imported uh Ten percent of its wine from South Africa worth five hundred uh, worth fifty nine million dollars. the US government is now negotiating a trade agreement with Kenya. Now, according to Mr. Sanders, Kenya is the largest uh, consumer of this cooked foods. There's a racist company that drive drove black farmers out of business off their land. And according to Department of Justice uh, statements, is involved in price fixing and price gouging, right? Mm-hmm. Now, all of these companies, do you think that they're going to benefit? You've got white companies, according to this article, benefiting on both ends. They're exporting stuff from here because you ain't got no black companies. It's to You might have some friends of politicians that get involved, but you don't have black companies involved on this end and involved on the other end. You got white companies involved at both ends of this Africa trade agreement and benefiting this Steinberg vineyards in South Africa. I know they got a a large portion of that $59 million a year. what, What are these black representatives doing? You don't have black people benefiting from you know European trade agreement. The white folks ain't gonna allow it. You ain't gonna benefit from the, their homeland. <laughs> allow- hey Elliot, they as soon as they were gonna give debt relief
4: to the farmers, white farmers said it was discrimination
0: and held up the suit. That's held what I'm saying, what? Richard. What the hell am I living in the twilight zone or an alternate universe? What the hell is the matter? Our people got to do better than this. These, listen, Richard, if you're in a war, some of our people are not fighting. They're just standing by like Cynthia McKinney says in that thing. But some of our people are devising some type of war strategies to help our people fight. But one of the things when you're in a war, Richard, you can't have people among you that you know is going back telling the enemy what you're doing or even cavorting or consorting with the enemy. You can't have that. That doesn't make it. That doesn't make any common sense. These people are not haven't been actively fighting for black people. They've been saying it. But you can see when you go and look and what's going on, I ain't talking about this crap they show on TV and you see Kamala Harris, Obama when he was in. Warnock, Booker, all these people have making fiery speeches that don't mean nothing. But when you go and look behind the scenes and see what they're doing, the money that they're voting on, the money that they're allowing to be spent, you can see that these people are not working in your behalf. This doesn't make any sense. Some of our people are fighting. They're coming up with alternatives to this crap that we see, whether it's independent black parties, of black candidates that we cultivate from our communities mm-hmm. that believe would uh, believe things that's going to benefit black people as a whole, or we're going to put up with more of this, this foolishness. This mm-hmm. is crazy. Look at that free trade agreement. Look and see how many blacks is benefiting on both. Front. you got whites benefiting from trade agreements in your mother continent. In fact, they didn't poison some black people's minds against the, the, the mother continent where they don't even look at themselves as being African anymore. Yeah. When you talk about the Caribbean, they don't Oh, these Haitians, these Jamaicans. Black people understand something. 500 years ago, there was no Haitian Jamaican. All of these things has been is, is byproducts of European uh, 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 genocide and assimilation in those areas. They created all this stuff. They created this animosity between black people in the diaspora and on the continent. And who benefits? He does. He making a free trade agreement with your mother continent and you ain't going to get shit out of it. Excuse expression. I'm sorry. You ain't getting nothing out of it. He going to benefit from your mother continent, the resources and everything else. And your elected officials is helping him.
4: It's, it's, I, it's, I just uh, wanted
0: to say something, in relation because uh, when he mentioned that Kenya was the largest uh, consumer of it, I had to because I seen their name mentioned. I said, "Wait a minute, hold it. Let me let me share this with the listening audience." Richard, let me let me before I uh, bring this last call on. Let me read this here because we talked about this before. Philadelphia was one of the cities that brought uh, Afghan people and uh, some of the people that uh, was working with the U.S. government over the year, over there that they helped airlifts out of there. Philadelphia was one of the cities that volunteered to take them in. And you just had big protests here in Philadelphia about homeless people not having the place to live. You're, I know you remember that, Richard.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, they've been here. And believe me they're not coming here to get a job and work for nobody. Believe me. All you got to do is look around in our communities and look at all these nationalities whether they're from South Africa, uh, excuse me, South America, uh, uh certain areas of the Caribbean that got fair skin or white population, uh all these other different types of Asians whether they're Vietnamese, Korean or Chinese all in your communities making money off you. So you know where these people are going eventually, where they're going to end up. But let me me read this here because it's something that I see here. You got that money that this United States government was supposed to pay to African-American farmers for their systematic, constant racism where whites benefit and they don't get nothing. And you see that Number one, they didn't get it. Number two, it's 12 lawsuits in against it before it was only two. Mm. And number three, the Biden uh, Justice Department didn't even file a lawsuit. According to Attorney Hitchell, let me read it again. The Biden DOJ also did not file an appeal in response to the initial cases filed in the spring that led to the injunction, which again is holding up the money. The Department of Justice has sixty days to respond and did do and did nothing, so they didn't even respond to it. Mm-hmm. So the lawsuits just build up, which holds up the money. Now it says here also that she said that Congress met two weeks ago, and now is considering reducing the amount of relief and changing the eligibility, the eligibility to include white women to benefit from the program. Defeat. That, that- not me defeating the purpose of the program mm-hmm. you got your lawmakers your caucus ones that look like you debating this who's supposed to know this you are supposed to know this richard i, I i'm hearing this from attorney hitchhaw and whoever's listening to the time for Awakening program is hearing it maybe you'll hear it on al shopton Whoever listened, listened to those shows, maybe you'll hear it on Roland Martin or some of them other shows. They're supposed to be giving out information pertinent to the community so our people will know what they're up against. Maybe when they'll hear it on those African shows. Hear it. They haven't heard it yet. Well, I'm telling you. Let, let me read this, and then we'll go to this last call here. Uh, The White House issuing billions in extra funds for nat- for Afghan refugees. Now, uh, check this out, Richard. This is from September. This is an old, well, it ain't that old. September 7th. The Biden administration is asking Congress to appropriate billions in additional funding for uh, disaster relief and for resettling Afghan rep- refugees as a part of the proposed stopgap, sp- stopgap s- spending to keep government funding past the critical budget deadline. Uh... In addition to the funding uh, critical, uh, excuse me, let, let me go down here. Congress uh, should appropriate $6.4 billion to help screen and resettle Afghans who assisted U.S. forces and were evacuated from Afghanistan amid the rise of the Taliban. $6.4 million, Richard. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. The administration officials said those funds would include $2.4 billion to fund bases where Afghans are to be screened $1.3 billion for resettlement operations and $1 billion for refugee benefits and services and $193 million to accelerate the application process for permanent resident status. And the $5 billion that's supposed to be given to black farmers for discrimination Mm. is held up now. Here's one of your leaders, Richard, and I use that facetiously. In reference to what was done. This is a statement uh put out by Barbara Lee, and I thank Brother Maurice up there in New York, Black Men Screaming, for sending it to me. I'll read it. This Congresswoman Barbara Lee votes to pass continuing uh resolution uh to provide relief funds. Washington, D.C. Congresswoman Barbara Lee voted to pass H.R. 5304. Uh, I'm glad to see the White House pass this continuing resolution to keep our government open during a critical time. Uh, I thank Chairwoman Rosa DeLaRoe. I know I'm mispronouncing that name. And Speaker Pelosi for their leadership to ensure that our government stays open and that we can respond to key emergencies at home and abroad. Uh, as chairwoman of the State Foreign Operations Appropriations Subcommittee, I am pleased that this bill includes $6.3 billion to support Afghan evacuees, including resettling ev- evacuees in the United States, and funding to provide assistance for Afghan refugees in neighboring countries at least 18.4 million people in Afghanistan require humanitarian assistance due to the conflict. Uh, we not only have a moral responsibility to provide safe harbor for vulnerable Afghans who fear for their lives, but also to provide humanitarian assistance for those suffering inside Afghanistan. Now it's time for the Senate to pass this crucial bill. Richard, um, what's what's all this uh, moral responsibility you provide for Afghans uh, coming into the country? What about the moral responsibility for black farmers and this money that's due to them and that's been due? What about that? (laughs) You You agreed and signed and then put a statement out, uh, uh, basically pounding your chest, saying that you're so, as the chairwoman, this is what she says. As a chairwoman of the state foreign relations operations subcommittee, I am pleased that this bill includes six point four billion to support Afghans. What, what, what is what is going on? Black folks, do you agree with this bull? If you don't get these people out from the, the, saying it to your leaders, what's the matter here? What is what is going on? Let me let me grab a couple calls too before we wind things down, Richard. Let's go to uh, 215. 215, You there, hey, Billy Elliot. How are how you, you doing? doing?
7: Can you hear
0: me, hear Hi.
7: Oh yeah, hey, hey, Billy Richard. How y'all, how y'all brothers doing tonight? All right now. I pray to be to Allah. Yeah, I will just to Mister Saunders for most for most of the show, L And uh, I I heard the frustration in Mister Saunders' voice, you know, because you know he, he he's I'm sure at this point he's discouraged, and like many of the black farmers across the country. And, and what you just read, sure, don't do anything to, 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 to lessen that discouragement. I mean, you know, again, I don't have no problem helping people out that's been from strife-torn, war-torn lands. But like you said, take well, what about taking care of your own? You're talking some Afghani people, our black farmers, again, getting the, get the boot. Black farmers, like you say, white white boys crying about some reverse discrimination. No, no good racist bastards been 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 racist against black people from 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 day one. And because the black people getting trying to get some kind of relief and stuff, they raise the hell. And 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 and, and because of their racism. And then their brother and Joe Biden in the office, you know, they holding up the bill like you said. He had 60 days. That's what you said. Ellie he had 60 days according to his lawyer, and he didn't do nothing, right?
0: Well, yeah, they didn't do anything. They had so 60 sure days sure. to, to appeal. And then let me read it again. Sure. According to Attorney Hitchell, uh, Biden's just, uh Biden Department of Justice also did not file an appeal in response to the initial cases filed in the spring that led to the injunctions. The Department of Justice has 60 days to respond and did nothing.
7: Mm-hmm. And, and see, now, again, no, no, uh, where was
0: the black lawmakers to say, hey, wait a minute, Joe. F- uh, have filed this injunction for our farmers. Wait, did anybody say anything? Well, look, he already told them. <laughs> <him> to <laughs> say that, <laughs> r- r- Wait a minute. Hold on a second, Joe. What'd you say, Richard? Sure. He, told, he, told, he already
4: told us. He already told us, look, y'all just sit there and be quiet. Yeah, you know?
0: well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right.
4: I, 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 I didn't miss that, right? He did say that.
0: Yeah, he said Yes,
4: he did, Richard. Yes, he did say it. No <laughs> doubt he definitely said
7: it. And them niggas and would have did that and we would have never known about it the audience, at least this audience, would have never known about for Ellie getting that that clip because of the ca- Caucasian fella that leaked it. That was never supposed to be made made public to the pre- to the public when Biden dressed down them Negroes, you know, Sharpton, the Marty included, you know, it was never supposed to be known to the people and stuff, you know. They show you how depressed and dis- disingenuous these Negroes are. But see, when you look at how white folks react, see again, see white faith that white racist mindset. They don't want black people. I've been saying this from day one. They don't want black people to have nothing in this country. And when I say nothing, I mean just what I say, N-O-T-H-I-N-G, nothing. If, they, if these bigots could charge you for the air you breathe, damn it, you'd be paying for air right now. You'd be, they, they could charge you for breathing every time you take a breath out your body. If these bigots can charge you for it, they, would. they don't want black people to have nothing. And if anybody doubt what I say... I'm, I'm going to tie this in with, with doing the larger discussion. Right here in Philadelphia, the late, great Arlene Ackerman, and by the way, this clown. That's, that's, that's the school superintendent, and, and let me say this to you, and Elliot. You know he he was fired. Don't don't believe this BS about he he stepping down because he wanted to do other things. He's damn fired. But you know how he make it. You know how he cleaned up, Elliot. You know how the game is played. They not be knowing this kind because he's been a, a colossal failure. But he got They're gonna give him a pocket full of money on his way out the door. You know you ain't got to stand in the corner and have a, a, a what's his name? It's the same clown that presided over all these black schools closed. You hear me, Elliot? King, I mean, Germantown, William Penn, all these schools, a box, and his leadership closed under this Negro and stuff. But he getting get in the pocket for, like, he destroyed the he was, uh, destroyed a black school system down in Prince George's County, County Maryland. Because my cousin's family there, they practically ran a Negro out of here. And, they, and what do they do? They sent up to Philadelphia. They do damage up here in Philadelphia. But like I said, well, he getting his golden well,
0: well, he's doing his job. Uh, he's
7: doing his job. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And he'll be getting a pocket full of money on his way out the door. And this is the same clown that presided a few years ago when our children stayed in school all day without eating. Remember? Yeah. Didn't eat no food all day. This clown and his leadership and stuff like that. You know. And I said I bring him up when I say about the late great Arlene Ackerman because that, that, this clown can't carry a, a nothing. He he can't hold a torch to this to this, this to this late sister who's an ancestor now and I talk about how white people are so evil and, and stuff when they don't want black folks to have nothing. During her tenure, and I want the town for the police to understand what went down, During, and it's no shock because you know how white people act. During her tenure as school superintendent, she had, she had the moral fortitude to give a black firm a, a contract. And these white bigots like, that. never mind the fact that no other no school superintendent prior to her, black or white, had ever gave, a black firm, a contract with the city. She saw fit to do this, Elliot and Richard, in the towns for we can listen to all this and these white bigots like to have a fit, man. You would have thought you would have thought she said kill the Jews or something like that. I mean they went off on this sister, man. Like, oh my gosh, she committed a federal crime. You know what I mean? And that old white bigot from the northeast, Mike McGinn, the same, the one they called Dwight Everett, an uh, uppity nigga from North Philadelphia, he was the first one to jump jump all in. I mean and she getting in this nigga so bad Elliott. Richard, them cowardly Negroes on city council in Philadelphia opened up their damn mouth while she was being attacked by McGinn and all these white bigots. they opened up their damn mouth. They just came at the sister with everything. And it just shows you how these people feel. So that's why we shouldn't be shocked about these white farmers, because that's they, they, that's white folks. But they don't want black folks that had nothing in this country. And I mean, and the sad part about it, you got black elected officials that go along with it. I mean, well, listen.
0: Listen, you heard what uh, what Mr. Saunders said. He said the guy told him out of his own mouth. The mm-hmm. representative, he said, you ain't supposed to have no, be producing no change. You're supposed to be working for one of us making the change. What did he, what, how did he put it, Richard? Oh, Richard must have stepped away. But yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry.
7: Yeah, no, but it, it, it's true, Elliot, Because don't forget your, the, the first black president. I'm being facetious and saying is Bill Clinton when 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 that, when when that coward Obama ran for office against Hillary. Remember Clinton said back in '08, he said, "Boy, that boy had been serving us coffee." Remember that. Yeah, I mean Barack Obama. That boy had been serving his coffee back then. How dare, how dare you, how dare you, nigga, you run for president. You you how a slave gonna run to be a slave master, you know what I mean? That's that's basically what, what Clinton was saying about a Barack Obama or about black people's parents, and that went right over the top of a lot of our people's heads, man. This is how these people feel about you, man. They don't care not, they don't care not about you. They want you in a in a, in a, in a continually servitude and stuff, and that's what they want you, servitude and stuff like that. And it's so sad that so many of our people don't even see that. And, and, And I'll say a couple more things, and I'll get off. When you talk about these black elected officials, like I said they're a disgrace. And I don't know how many... You, know, you can you can, you can can use my words as a broken record. You can go back and look at some of the old tapes from Time for the Week, and I've said it as many times, as long as black people keep on voting for these Negroes on the city, state, and federal level, we're going to continue to get... Just what we get, our schools going to continue to look like hell in a handbasket. Our, our black farmers going to continue to get ignored. We're going to continue to get what we get, you keep putting these same drones back in office about male and female, these same drones, because they don't give a damn about black people, and we just keep on voting these losers back in office over and over the clowns of the world, the Dwight Evans. And we still... It's like the definition of insanity. Ella, if you keep banging your head against a wall and blood coming out, you, and, and you see, and you brought keep running back in the hospital with, with a, with a, with a, with a fractured skull or whatever. Then you're a fool to keep on banging your head against the wall. And that's what we keep doing. We keep on voting to these same individuals, and we think something's going to change. Man, it's not going to happen. If you could, like I said before, if you could, dupl- if you could replicate Charles Barron, Cynthia McKinney, Dave Richardson, if you could replicate these people over and over again, we will get somewhere. But unfortunately, you can't replicate these people. So you keep on jumping these zones like the Road, you think nothing's going, going to change. These niggas sit in office. Like you said, where the hell is Dwight Evans and, 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 and Clyde? You he he, he always see him popping up. You haven't about this clown. You always see this house nigga pop up on these major networks like CNN and some of the other ones talking about Trump or talking about the, the right, taking away the right to vote, all this nonsense he talked about. But why where is he not only oh, talking about the black farmers? That's your lifeline, brother. You understand what I'm saying, Elliot? And Richard, that's your lifeline. These are the people that can provide food for your people. That's the, You should be on, on, on TV on all these major networks. What the hell about that. But he only talking about some, well, Trump and the Republicans trying to take our right to vote. They're trying to stop people from getting abortions. Man, come on with the nonsense, man. These people, these people are standing against your, your lifeline, your black farmers. That's why I say these negros is useless as a wet rag. And and and, and I'm going to tie that locally, Elliot. Right here in Philadelphia, a I, 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 brother mentioned this on Terrestrial Radio the other day, and the host couldn't say a word. The, the, the host that usually got a lot to say. He said, brother, we should be ashamed here in Philadelphia. He said we should run these negros out of town. City council right here in Philadelphia, Elliot Mitchell, it's been predominantly black for the last 10 years or so, and our schools look like hell. They look like hell. You got our children right here in 2021, going on 2022, still going to infested, abested-laden schools, lead, paint, uh, outdated, whatever, in the school. Some of them don't even have decent uh, toilets, don't have toilet paper Teachers had, had to buy toilet paper out of their own pocket for the school system. And we pay the same taxes that white folks pay and stuff, in the, and not only in the, in, the, in the Northeast, but white folks are predominantly in the Northeast and South Philadelphia. But we even pay. These main as much Texas white folks in the surrounding suburbs, the Montgomery counties, the Delaware counties. You go in these white neighborhoods, even up in the northeast and outside in the suburbs, these schools look like palaces. They look like college campuses, the, the, the football fields, the baseball diamonds, the basketball courts, the hallways, the, the classrooms with computers in them, marble floors, marble cellars, and our children and stuff going to schools with rat-infested schools. Uh, like I said, uh, not having decent toilet paper, up out of date textbooks. It's a disgrace. And you got black folks. I'm gonna say it again because people don't understand what I'm saying. I'm gonna say it again, damn it. We got black folks predominantly in city council and they let this shit go on over and over for years. Just keep going on over and over and they ain't doing a damn thing to change the narrative. You know, I mean, it's a disgrace, man. And, and by the way, Ellen Mitchell, these are Democrat blacks. You understand what I'm saying? All the ones in city council are black Democrats. They look, like, you got a bunch of clans. Or, or, or whatever in there, you understand what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean.
7: I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean you got to call a spade I mean, these niggas should be a disgrace to let our children go to schools like that, man and stuff. I and all and all them niggas can do is keep talking the same thing about cloud Bull and Evans and the rest of them. The Republicans, Trump, Trump, uh, they, Mitch McConnell. I don't care about them devils. We all know they're a bunch of white devils. Just tell me something I don't know. What the hell are you doing for our people? And I close with this. I know I'm getting long with it, but let me close with this. It's the same thing I told you before about, about Elijah Cummings, the late congressman from, from Baltimore, who was on, on our uh, uh, when he was a congressman. All these black, all the black community around the country, especially these black political civil rights uh, uh, crowd, they jumped all over Trump. When that old little bastard said that, uh, uh, that, 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 when he said that, uh, what's his name down in Baltimore? Uh, what, 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 what looked like a red infested, and said Elijah Cummings, this was like a, a hellhole, rat infested hellhole. They jumped all over Trump, calling Trump a racist. I'm like saying, tell me something I don't know. But what the what Trump said, it wasn't true? This man had been a county for all those years on all these powerful finance committees, and he didn't do a damn thing to address, to, to address that, that how Baltimore looked, especially in the east, west end of Baltimore. We got go down Baltimore right now and see all them build up houses down there. This man had, had opportunity after opportunity to change that. He could have put money in, in, in that community up in Baltimore, just like these Niggas here in Philadelphia, could same thing and make our schools look they look like in the white suburbs. They could look the same way, but they refuse to do so. So I wanna hear about Trump and McConnell. I know they're a bunch of white bigots and stuff. Don't tell, tell me something I don't know. What, what the hell is you doing for your people, man? Please, you know, and I close with that Elliot and, and put me in mood and I listen to the rest of the show.
0: <laughs> Thank you for your contribution, brother. Richard, yes.
16: Ellie, yes. Ellie, can I say one more thing, please, Ellie? Go ahead. If you don't mind. Hey, look here, man. Hey, I know my brother, Mr. Sanders, uh, feel defeated. But see, I, I'm on the uh, ostriches now. Every problem got a solution, man. You mean all these chicken-eating churches in America, man, in Mississippi, they can't get together and, and, and at least make a donation. To this this corporation, like uh, my my man from New York said by talking to some investors, all he had to do was say, we'll pay you 10% on your money, whatever you invest in this corporation, man. It's time for, I know the government owe us and owe them farmers, but at the same time, man, I'm willing to damn, we put our money together and help that man get a damn chicken feed, or get some chickens, or whatever he needs to build a feed, chicken house, where we can start doing this stuff for ourselves, man. Even uh, Sister Kwa said the same thing in Kenya, too, but they important more chickens over there. They, they, they she want to start something over there with some farmers, raise their own chickens over in Africa, man. Sister Kwa with the A-D-D-I, you know the lady I'm talking about. And check this out, Elliot Richard. I heard on another program in Mississippi where them damn white farmers in Mississippi, they importing white South African workers to come over there and work in their fields, and they paying them room and board and more money than they paying the black workers in Mississippi, man. They got a lawsuit against them black, I mean, them white farmers in Mississippi, man. I was trying to get to that, but man knew that. In Mississippi, them white farmers and important white workers from South Africa to come over here and work in their fields and paying them free room and board and more money than they paying the workers in Mississippi, black workers, man. Okay, so I be doing research on all this stuff, man. I wish I could have talked to that brother more, man. But it's time for us. I know we be stuck in this victim mentality, man. But this Black Wall Street stuff, if we did it before, we can do it again better. And I'm saying it's time for us to start putting our money together, doing something, man, uh, uh, to help where we start our own stuff, man. For instance, with these Black farmers, man, I'm willing to dog on uh, invest some money in it, and, 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 and just like a business, man. That's how we got to start thinking about it, this business. No emotion no more, man, okay? That's the only way we going to get out of here instead of burning burn our energy uh trying to get uh, 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 water out of cactus from these white folks, man. They know they own us, and we're going to get what was coming to us. In the meantime, we got to eat, man, okay? If we just put our money together and let these farmers sell the record to the people, man. I know y'all tried that before. But it's got to be investment time in business, man. Okay? No more emotion. You see, your business is the Bible, man. That's all I want to say, man. I appreciate it. I want to hear what you and Richard got to say about what I just said, man.
0: Well, listen, hey, thanks for your call. Listen, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I I understand, uh, you know, the the man been beaten down, and, and he done lost everything. He lost his business, lost his farm. Uh, that he wanted to pass down to his children, and lost everything. But the thing is, he's still out there fighting. He he didn't give up. So you know, I, Richard, I got I take my hat off to the man because he's still fighting. Some of them guys and he said they gave up. They were scared. And, you know, he said, "What you scared? You done lost everything." But he said that he's doing it so he can help some other folks so they don't lose. You you, you remember what he said, Richard? Yeah,
4: yeah. And and some others are now the ones who. Oh I well, I don't know if, I didn't get whether they were the same ones but now they're willing yes it is the same ones he said that mm-hmm. you know the ones that took that took the money uh the 100,000 and paid off their farm and and their debt and now they're willing to speak yeah yeah um so um it, it, but it took it, take, it took him to be in that position to do it um it's, it, it it's it's we are more complex um, than this. Uh, You know, before we came on, I asked the question to myself and I was, you know, are, you know, are we a nation? And if not, what are we? And, and, you know, and we're, you you can't operate as an individual and you can't do this by collecting because as he laid out there, and that's why I I was glad that he reemphasized that process of the things that you need to put in place um, in order to be able to deal with that, um, you know that in in that industry
0: in order right? to fight, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, you have to have those things in place, and that's just the mechanics of the business. That ain't the power to protect that, or the uh, uh, or the finance to support that, you know. And and we're not even there yet. So, um, are we a nation? And if not, what are we? Well, based off of what that experience that he's showing, and and even with Brother Joe was saying, we not not black politicians, not um, you know, um farmers in this in Mississippi, we are still in the same situation that we were brought here. I I, I mean, that that's, and until we operate as a our relationship with each other, whether that's pulling our money together or or defending, you know, doing the you know the political fighting, until we operate like that, then we're operating like a nation within a nation state. But right now we're just um uh, enslaved people, a population, you know, being under the design that this this nation state had us for, and that was just to be servants under the unto them. And I'll end with this: Remember that that uh, what's that? Uh, we was dealing with Juneteenth, Special Order Number Three. Mm-hmm. Come on now, what does that say? And that ain't the first time. I said, look y'all, y'all ain't classified enslaved no more. But you, you, what you're gonna do is go back and work for them.
0: Yeah, change. They change the relationship. No more slave and slave master. I think they said to employer-employee relationship.
4: And what did that banker say to Mister Saunders? You ain't supposed to be. I know it. Yeah. A farmer coming in here. Where's, where's, where's the Saunders at?
8: That's what he said.
0: Yeah. So and when said, she said, when he said, I'm Mrs. he said, you better get, get out of here. You got 10, you got a few minutes to get out of here
4: because you just supposed to be the worker. Hmm. So it's, it's, you know, um, now
0: wait, wait a minute, Rich. The funny thing about it, he said, this white farmer told him that, he, you know, he got money from their of times and you can get money from there. Right. So when he called or whatever arrangements was made, he went out there. It ain't funny. He went down there and mm-hmm. to find out, you're Saunders? No, you better get out of here.
4: This is the relationship. I mean, I mean, as, as I said, we know the relationship we have in relationship to this, this nation state, um, you know, I mean, creating that trade relation. We know that. The challenge is, and we, you know, and all of us are complicit is what's the relationship with each other. And until we operate like a nation within a nation, within this nation state, we will be in the condition our generations, the next one will be in the same. And that's not a victimizing position. That's a fact.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we're going to end on that note this evening. We can think about that for this week. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Before we leave this evening, I want to give the lineup for time for Awakening Media Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays: African Perspectives with Brother Oshi as host. Always interesting dialogue and topics on African perspectives with Brother Oshi. That's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Later on Monday evenings, from 8 to 9, Black Therapy Central with host Dr. Maria Combine and Dr. Kamal Combine. And later on Monday evening. Uh, From 9 to 10, Conversation Reparations, that's in COBRA's program. That's the first and third Monday of every month. On Tuesday, 8 to 10 p.m., Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers. On Wednesday, it's our time, the Black Farmers, excuse me, Black Farmers program, the West Georgia Cooperatives from 8 to 9, and from 9 to 10, the Black Agenda Project with host Dr. David Muhammad. Interesting program, and I don't know whether you caught it last week. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have the program be part of Time for Awakening Family. On Fridays, Time for Awakening is back from 8 until. On Saturday, from 7 to 9 in the, e- in the evenings, the elders of Sankofa with, uh, with host Alfonso Watkins. And then on Sunday at 7, Time for and Awakening is back. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening lively discussion as always and we'll be back on Friday, Lord willing to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace.